0: Welcome, and once again, thank you for listening to Good Shepherd in Gainesville, Georgia's limited edition Lenten podcast titled Encounter Jesus. In this podcast, we're following our sermon series that we have on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. We're looking at our worship and why we do what we do in worship and what meaning the things we do in worship have in our everyday life. This podcast will include an invocation, a prayer, a scripture reading. A couple of thoughts for devotion, and a couple of questions for application. And today we're talking about the readings the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Gospel, and of course the Psalm, uh, and what they mean in the Scripture and what their place is, and once again, what these readings can mean for us in our lives. We begin with the invocation In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Gracious Father, strengthen us by your word. We're sometimes overwhelmed by our Bibles, by how big and long and detailed the story of our salvation really is. But pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Equip us, O Lord, with the knowledge and insight to understand your word and to cling on to the promises that are spoken in your word by your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. A reading from John, chapter 5, beginning at verse 37. Jesus says, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures, because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me, that you may have life. I do not receive glory from, my, from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another, and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father, There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? In each service at Good Shepherd, we read a psalm, and we read that responsively, verse by verse. Later, we read an Old Testament reading then an epistle reading, something from the New Testament, and then something from the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And over the next couple minutes, I just wanna take a very quick tour through each of these readings and basically talk about what we can do whenever we struggle with a reading that seems hard or obscure or just difficult to understand. First thing we wanna talk about though is where the readings happen in worship. As we've been going through this series, Encounter Jesus, we've been talking about how God is drawing us near to himself. So picture it this way. We've entered the house of God now. We've said the invocation. And again, that's like reaching up to God and God reaching down to us at the same time to bring us near. We've had a moment of of silence uh, where we've contemplated and reflected over our sins. Then we made confession of those sins. That's like wiping our feet, but Jesus makes us clean. And then... We were pulled into the doorway, and as soon as we came into the house of God through the worship service, we were overwhelmed, but we also weren't so overwhelmed that we didn't recognize our own needs. Our sins were forgiven, so we spoke the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, where we audaciously ask for help that we do not deserve. Then, after that, we sang praise to God. We do that typically in the Gloria, but in lots of places during this service. And and whenever we enter into these words of Amen, Alleluia, and Hosanna, we're entering into the praise of heaven, which is bigger and greater and much nearer than we think. But now is the time for the readings. We're inside the house. So it's kind of like whenever you go into inside of somebody's house and you finally get through the doorway and the initial words are spoken and exchanged, what comes next is typically the tour. So it's... These readings that give us a quick tour of God's promises in Scripture as they relate to the theme for the day. So the psalm, the Old Testament reading, the New Testament reading, the epistle, uh, the gospel reading, all of those readings will relate to the theme and we kind of get a tour about the theme. So if our theme is salvation or mercy, all the readings will relate to that one way or another. But if you've ever prayed the psalms or if you've ever heard the psalms read in church, sometimes you notice that a psalm is strange or or difficult. It's a little difficult to understand or get the meaning of it. And it certainly doesn't sound like something you would pray. Some of the psalms are not always nice about uh, how they want God to deal with their enemies or or things like that. So we're going to follow Bonhoeffer for a couple moments here. Bonhoeffer talks about, in his book Life Together, the day in community, and really what he's talking about is our our gatherings for worship. He spends a little bit of time on the readings that we typically encounter in church. And here's what he says about the Psalms. Here we learn first what prayer means. It means praying according to the Word of God, on the basis of His promises. Christian prayer is Our Christian prayer takes its stand on the solid ground of the revealed Word and has nothing to do with vague, self-seeking vagaries. In other words, even if we encounter a psalm that's difficult or hard, we know that we're praying the Word of God. And that's our first lesson about prayer. Prayer emerges from the Word of God. In, In the Bible, in Scriptures, we are taught how to pray and what to pray for. So even if this isn't something we're connecting with, we know... That it is something that God desires for us to pray, and we also acknowledge this: that that prayer is, or the prayer that we pray in the Psalms, is really only a microscopic part of the entire life of the church. The Psalms we pray are the Psalms that belong to all believers in all of their different situations. I may not be able to connect with what a psalmist is describing. But I can pray for my brother that is going through something like that, or my sister that is having the difficulty that has been brought up in the psalm. But there's one last thing about the psalms. When we pray the psalms, we're also praying the prayer book of Jesus. Not just the prayer book of the whole church, but we're praying the prayer book of Jesus. Jesus himself prayed the psalter. Psalter is the word that means the book of the psalms. Jesus prayed the psalter, and Jesus now prays the psalter before the throne of God. And so, once again, if I'm having difficulty connecting with the psalm, I know that it's also something that Jesus and his situations in life that he encountered while he was here on earth and also prayed, and also something that he prays for us now, for the whole church in heaven. And there's one this last point, and I think this is particularly helpful for us as we think about how do we deal with the Psalms, especially if we're sitting there in worship and not really getting what we're saying. Bonhoeffer points this out, and he's borrowing from another commentator, but he says this, The whole sweep of the Psalms was concerned with nothing more or less than the brief petitions of the Lord's Prayer. If you want to understand the Psalms, then first learn the Lord's Prayer. Because there isn't a psalm, even though there's 150 psalms, there isn't a psalm that isn't connected to the Lord's Prayer, that isn't praying one of the seven petitions we find in the Lord's Prayer. Petitions are individual prayers that we pray to God. So in the Lord's Prayer, there are seven. We say, Hallowed be thy name, that's a petition. We say, Later on, give us this day our daily bread, that's another petition. All the Psalms relate to the different petitions in the Lord's Prayer. They're merely a different way of praying what's in the Lord's Prayer already. Another place that's difficult for us is the Old Testament. The Old Testament reading is hard to understand sometimes. It takes a lot of context. It takes a lot of background. And most of us aren't theologians. And if we're honest, we're not coming into church at a at a time, we're at an era in our culture where most people are familiar with the Bible. Does our knowledge of Scripture really compare with the knowledge that the Reformers had of the Scripture or the early Church Fathers had of the Scripture? Sadly, it's not. But here again, we'll, we'll listen to Bonhafer and his encouragement. If we were familiar with the substance of what we read, we should be able to follow a chapter without difficulty especially if we have an open Bible in our hands and participate in the reading. If the Bible is unfamiliar to us, earnestly and eagerly retrieve what has been neglected. As we read the Old Testament, perhaps we shouldn't be turned off because it's at first difficult. I once heard somebody tell me that the most difficult verses have the deepest treasures inside of them. And that pertains to both the Old and the New Testament. So as we're hearing something strange about Moses, or we're hearing these odd names in the difficult geography of the Old Testament, maybe we can take our bulletins home. Maybe we can open up that passage and study it and read it and read all the context around it. Maybe you can find your pastor wherever you may be and ask for help in studying that particular piece of scripture. Whenever a passage is hard or difficult, don't take it as an obstacle, but rather take it as an invitation to press into the words and promises of God as they are in Scripture. Because truly, we can never exhaust the meaning of even an Old Testament passage for as obscure as it might be. And every passage, as we heard in John chapter 5, Speaks to Jesus. Even a person as early as Moses wrote about Jesus. So we should expect to find Christ not just in the Gospels where we directly hear about his life, but we should find him in the New Testament. We should find him in the Psalms. We should find him in even the most difficult of Old Testament passages. But there's one last thing I want to point out to us. When we read the Gospel, we stand. And we go through and we typically sing some verses, uh, like hallelujah verses, before the gospel is read. And then, as we finish reading the gospel, we say this Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you, O Lord. Do you notice what happens? All of a sudden, we're addressing Jesus directly. After every other reading, we say, thanks be to God. But now all of a sudden, we're speaking directly to Jesus. And why is that? Because we recognize whenever we've opened the Scriptures, particularly the Gospels, and we read the words of Jesus, we know that Jesus is indeed present among us. We go from, in the Old Testament, or the Psalms, or the Epistle readings, to taking a tour around the house, to finally meeting the master of the house, Jesus himself. We meet him as he is present for us in the words read for Scripture. We're no longer reading about somebody or something, but Jesus is there speaking to us himself through the words of the Gospels. So glory to you, O Lord. As we continue to encounter Jesus, we'll find that this meeting with Jesus that we have in worship has deeper and greater meaning than we could ever suppose just maybe sitting through and going going through the motions on a Sunday service. We need to be reminded at every stop along the way that Jesus is actually present with us. And if we are in the presence of the Lord and King who died and rose for each of us, maybe that changes how we worship. Certainly, pray that it does. Because as we come before our Lord, recognizing that He's there, we also recognize that He indeed will give us good gifts. So, I recognize that this podcast has been a little bit longer. Uh, So, as we conclude today, there's just a a couple questions for application that uh, we can consider as we go throughout our week. First thing is how can I respond when a passage from the Old Testament is particularly tough or challenging? How can I stay engaged in worship whenever? The words that are read don't make much sense to me. Secondly, with the understanding that when I open the Bible I am reading the that I'm reading the words of God, but God is speaking to me, how does that change my own reading of the Bible during my own devotion time? Once again, we thank you for joining us for this Lenten podcast. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church is on 600 South Anota Drive in Gainesville, Georgia. Our worship times are Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. And during the season of Lent, we have a worship service on Wednesdays that begins with a Lenten supper at 5.45 p.m. We conclude serving at 6.30 p.m. And our worship service follows in our fellowship hall. Thanks and God's blessings.